Welcome to Inside the Chinese Mind, the podcast for learning how to work cross-culturally with China business and with Chinese people and about China business development. Your hosts, Dr. Helen Jung from Cambridge, United Kingdom and Darren Fuchs from Thomson Gear Lawyers in Australia. I'd like to introduce myself first. Helen, that's all right with you? Absolutely. Good. I'm Darren Fuchs. I'm a partner in a law firm in Australia, and I've been uh, a partner in law firms for about 30 years now. And I grew up uh, in Australia in a very much a Western society. And my mother uh, is Italian and my father was English. So uh, we brought up our children, that is Shelley and I brought up our children, in very much the English way of operating. So things were calm at all times, you'd carry on at all times, uh, things were explained uh, properly, uh, and life was run like that, Helen. That's right. how we operated. And the first experience that I can recall of a true, Ita- true cross-cultural experience is when we took our son and daughter, and our son's name is Spencer, uh, when he was about four or five, to an Italian relative's house. The Italians were all operating like Italians, so all the ladies were together, lots of noise, lots yeah. of red wine, right. uh, and the men were together, lots yeah. of noise, lots yeah. of wine, etc. And all the kids were running around and making lots of noise and having a great time together. And of course, Spencer, who was brought up English, was loving it because it was so loud and so exciting for him. But then at one stage, Tanya, who was the owner of the house, turned around from the ladies, saw all the kids, saw all the kids running around madly and making lots of noise and screamed at the Mediterranean as, he, as she was waving her hands. Of course, what were the reactions? All the Italian kids just kept running and didn't care less, right. where Spencer, who was so used to a quiet and serene home, was frozen solid and didn't know what to do, didn't know how to react to it. Oh. So for me, that was a great way of seeing how different cultures can mean a communication can have a totally different meaning. Mm. So I started uh, in my legal practice, traveling to China about four times a year since 2004. And during that time, because of the interest of China from 2004 onwards in buying up and, uh, and acquiring Australian minerals and energy production, I've worked with numerous clients from China over the years. And I remember when I first went, we were going to China in 2004 to Beijing. You'd only go to one place, which was Beijing. The Mao Zedong outfits weren't around that much anymore, but certainly the place was full of bicycles and everyone was riding bicycles. The Westerners could only stay at, was it two or three hotels at that stage, I think? The St. Regis and I think the Sheraton and maybe one other. Uh, And there was no other hotels where Westerners could stay at. Mm. Uh, And, of course, uh, we stayed at the St. Regis, which was a five- or six-star hotel. We'd be driven to meetings in the uh, with a chauffeur to the in the A Audi A4 or A6 to meetings, attend the meetings with an interpreter, and then return to the hotel and return back to the confines of our safe Western world inside the Saint Regis Hotel. <laughs> and and since then, China has developed greatly since then. Today, uh, the a- Audi, the black Audi A6s are disappearing. Uh, people are driving electric cars much more, electric bicycles, mm. and business is much more integrated towards expanding China into the rest of the world. And so what I've found is that that many Chinese companies have innovations, capabilities, skills, etc., that they now want to export to the rest of the world. And Western companies obviously want to get into the Chinese market Mm. because it's such a large market for them, but are really struggling, Helen. Mm. Now tell me about yourself, Helen. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Darren. Um... Uh, hi everyone! It's uh, wonderful to meet uh, meet you online this way first. 
I started my cross-cultural journey when I first left China after I finished、um, my degree in university. I then、um, worked five years in China, and then I went to Sydney, Australia.、Mm. So that's where I first felt like a fish out of my own water into a new pond. You know, we look at over the years how to define culture. Um, the best one I have heard is a、uh, friend of mine,、um, a professor friend. He said, "Culture is like water to fish. So you only know when you're taken out of your own water and put into a different type of a, a, a different country, a different culture." So for me, that's where I first started to notice and see how things are done differently, how people communicate differently, how business is done differently. And then we,、uh, my husband and I, we moved back to Beijing from Australia. I then suffered reverse、uh, reverse culture shock.、Mm. So it's going back into the water of China.、Mm. That's a sea turtle. That's a sea turtle.、Uh, sea turtle sounds like 海龟 in Chinese, so it's the same sound. 海龟 just means returned from overseas.、Mm. So back in those days, sea turtle is actually a nice word,、um, complimenting.、Mm. The people like me who、Returned、have gone, yeah, who's gone overseas and done something, you know, worthwhile and educated or worked, and then went back, returned back to China. But after that, the next few years, because so many Chinese have gone overseas and got a degree and went back to China, they were called the seaweeds、mm. <laughs> because there's so, so many of them, and not everyone actually. Have got a degree that's worthwhile、yeah. for people to、yeah. to come back to to mm. work with. Mm. So, anyway, the year of acquiring acquiring degrees and returning to China. Yes, yes.、Yeah. Back in China, that was the time where I、uh, first started to help、uh, companies and、uh, mainly business executives or political leaders to understand the Chinese thinking,、mm. because there are things which seem to be so obvious or. The way Chinese do things, which are just so different in the Western perception, or how the West, you know, we we will cover this in later podcasts. As、uh, Darren was saying, how、um, Spencer reacted so differently in that environment yeah, of the Italian、absolutely. family. Yeah,、um, I remember one French executive. He's、um, executive in a big、uh, banking corporation. Um, we talked about how Chinese sometimes. Well, they Chinese would hardly or never say no because、yes. we think this is rejecting your face, not、yes. respecting you. Yes,、uh, we'll talk as opposed to answering the question. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So the Chinese will always say, "Oh, this is interesting. You know, maybe later. Let me talk、mm. to my superior."、Mm. Most of the time, that just basically means no. But from our side, we think, oh, they are, you know, doing what what they said they're they're going to do. Yep. So I explained this to this Western executive, this this French gentleman. He was swimming in a different who, water. Yeah. So and then he listened and nodded, and after this this my explanation, he then looked at me and said, Helen, I still prefer they just. Tell me no, because that would have saved me so much time. <laughs> yeah. So again, you know, these are things that that I learned and noticed how these small things could either make or break the relationship or your China experience. Indeed. And I think your first book in this area was、yes. uh, 
think like Chinese? Yes. Yeah, so、uh, Jeff, my partner in life,、um, and I, after years of living in China, working with you know Chinese and Western corporations, we said, oh, there has to be something we can offer to、mm. help. Um, the Western executives or people who just wants to have a a more、uh, authentic or smooth China experience to understand all these cultural nuances, and you know, from leadership to communication、mm. to conflict resolution,、yeah. so how Chinese do it and、mm. why they do things in in certain ways. We touch on the concept of face, 面子 and、uh, 人脉 or 关系 All these things and and how they apply in the business context、mm. are、uh, things that you can use when you're in China or working with your Chinese counterparts. So we did that book and that went at actually quite well by its own merits or words of mouth. And、mm. so and you also started uh, lecturing uh, on the subject and also giving. Uh, Uh, acting as a consultant to companies to、yes. uh, how to be successful. Yes. So that book has led also led me to Cambridge, where Ooh, where、uh, we are now, UK. Yes,、um, to do a PhD. So I actually did a PhD here in Cambridge University, looking at culture's impact on business development,、mm. which is quite a fascinating experience because、um, I use the Chinese. Electric vehicle industry as my research field. Excellent. So that took me back to China. I looked at how,、um, why certain industries popping up in certain provinces or regions in China because of the cultural mm. influence. Mm. Yeah. But how many vehicles would be electric in in China today in comparison、oh, to the rest of the world? Well, I haven't followed the numbers, but I would imagine the unofficial number will、mm -hmm. be way more than the world combined. Combined, yeah.、Um, because there's one region in China which we did a lot of research.、Um, the local government supported this、uh, so-called I I use quote unquote illegal electric、mm. vehicles.、Oh. You don't need a license. You to drive it,、yep. and you don't need a number plate for it to be on the road.、Mm. So the local farmers, so it's it's a、um, the local industry and the local market. So when there's a demand,、mm. there will be a supply. Yep. So there are hundreds of thousands of these little vehicles、yes. driving all around that rural area in yeah. China yeah. for years. Yes. Um. And、uh, we talk about how China in China the policies and、mm. the government role is quite different、mm. from the West.、Mm. So in China, for example, the e-bikes were around for over fifteen years、yes. before the government. Brought out the official regulation. Yes,、um, and when we talk about regulation, it's it's not、yeah. like a Western regulation. It's more、no. guidelines or ways to assist expediency of developing the industry, as opposed to controlling or or limiting it. Yeah, absolutely. Would that be right?、Yeah. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So,、um, so yeah. Long story short, I then did the PhD. Um, um, during that that period of time,、uh, we've got requests from universities and. Places they want to convert the book into a textbook. It's called the Inside the Chinese Mind. Yeah. Yeah. So、um, there are case studies in there. There are all real cases. So、oh. some we 
taken out the yeah. the names of the clients, our friends, but yes. they're all real cases. Yeah. They're all real examples. Yeah. Um, so hopefully we will touch on those things um, in the future series. I think of we this, will, Helen. I this think podcast. we will. Yeah. And I think, Helen, you're you're just to tell our, our listeners that your business is. Uh, lecturing in relation to how to do business cross-culturally with China. Sure. And uh, also consulting with companies on how to be successful in either developing a market in China successfully or helping Chinese companies to be successful in Western culture. Yes. Yes, um, I've been honoured and privileged uh, over the years to uh, share my insight and, and the learning and the experiences with companies, with mm. executives, mm. Uh, with um, people from all walks of life, mm. if they're interested in learning about how Chinese think mm. uh, and how to use this knowledge to help them to work with the Chinese counterparts or have a, a smoother or more authentic China experience. Yeah. And I have also uh, been advising um, the C-level executives mm. on how to you know, be more successful yeah. uh, in their China strategy. And indeed, your PhD yeah. here at Cambridge was yeah. focused on, particularly in the engineering area, but mm. in management, yes. uh, specializing in cross-cultural business development. Yes, exactly. Yeah, between Chinese culture and Western culture. Yes. So that seems to be pretty on target for what we're aiming with this podcast. Yes. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So our podcast is going to be developing the practical aspects of how to be successful in China, mm. uh, in, in China or in working with Chinese companies in Western culture. And I think it'll be um, our pleasure to uh, offer what we know so people can tap into this, um, you know, otherwise it will take everyone 30 years to go through what you have gone through and then perhaps 25 years of what I've gone through or living and working in multicultural environment and multi-disciplines in business and in legal and in other areas of um, uh, this cross-cultural world. And I think what uh, would take you five years to learn would take me 15 so I'm listening looking forward to listening myself through this podcast. (laughs) Thank you Helen. Thank you. Thank you for one flight with Air China.